Welcome to the Didi and Latel Show. Advice, thoughts, and stories from a married couple on cybersecurity, technology, and life in general. Now here are your hosts, Didi and Latel. Hello and welcome to the Didi and Lital Show. I'm Lital. Hi, Didi. How is the week? I wanted to say okay, and it started really well. It started by Buffalo shitting their pants, which is to be expected. It's like life becoming normal again. Buffalo sucks, and the Pats beating them in the last quarter. We, that's what we got used to for the last 20-something years. Then the Bruins blow a lead, which is normal again, and shit their pants, which is also normal, but they did start well. And not allowed any goals. By the way, as you can see the shirt, I was in the opening night. So things looked to be normal. And, then and we're said, talking about sports. In yes. The and, and we're talking about yeah, so episodes are kind yeah. of like we're trying to. We're, we're trying to go back to normal. But you sent me that, that shit. Like, and I saw that UC, UCLA Bruins, by the way, that's their basketball team or football team. Who cares? It's a non-hockey sport, so who cares? But they're called the Bruins. So that popped up for me. And then you you saw that the UCLA yes. saying that Israel is is in genocide, say, and it was unclear if they're chanting that yes that Israel should be gone through a genocide, or if they're saying Israel is performing a genocide. It's, it was unclear. From it was the un, it was unclear from the chant, but um, it's very very clear that we're still not back to normal. Uh, what's going on in campuses around the U.S. is is, is insane. It will be an episode by itself that we will talk about. Yes. The the fact that Jewish moms are now telling to the kids, we're not going to send you to college. Yes, exactly. This is not not normal. This is not normal. So you can see life is still not normal, even though Baker Mayfield went back to sucking. So Well, with coming, trying to... Get back to normalcy. We want to talk to a topic that is really relevant to those of you in tech, building products, thinking about GTM motion. And it is that topic about your packaging, packaging, pricing, uh, motion of how you're going to sell your product, what is going to be. And there are so many things that you should be thinking from the get-go as you develop your product because it matters. And we want to give you a sense of some of the possibilities that are out there because not everybody is aware of all of that and maybe make some acronyms and uh, some terms, clarify what they are. So we put it for you. And I think the most important thing is You need to think, like we always say, when you build a product, when you are in engineering and product, you need to think about those things from the get-go because the way you build your product means the way you're going to actually be able to sell it, the flexibility you're going to have with pricing and packaging. So let's start and fold the topic. Okay. I'll I'll start with my favorite topic, which is sweets. Because okay, what the, else, let's start with what, what, is, what is a suite. What is a suite? So Microsoft has educated us that you need to buy things in suites because they built the office suite, which is probably the most successful suite of all times. Yeah, most uh, people use like two or three so out of l- the let's start, whatever is in this let's start to, Let's start with at least what the storytellers, and I don't know if any of this is true, so my journalistic integrity, I am full of shit here, but the story as it goes, was that if you remember in uh, the late 90s, there were tons of word processors, like a million of them. 
there were some that were uh, Einstein. There was Einstein and WYSIWYG. There was a million of these word processors. Mm-hmm. But Microsoft just came out of the the turn, winning the spreadsheet wars. They in the beginning of the '90s, Lotus one two three was like number one. Uh, by the end of the '90s, Joe Spolsky basically decimated Lotus and turned Excel into the number one thing. So what Microsoft wanted is to say, okay, if you want Excel, you have to buy Word. And PowerPoint. Pa- who, ca- who cared about PowerPoint <laughs> at that point in time? I, you, uh, you only care about PowerPoint uh, out of, of course, the I'm Microsoft a, I, suite. That's because I'm a bullshit guy. Yeah. But, but the fact is they decided that they are going to educate the market about the concept of PowerPoint because nobody understood the, the whole idea of presentations was not existent at that time. People, remember, used a visiograph and put – Things on slides. Real slides. Real slides. Real slides. Yeah. So there was they, a slideshow. There was a slideshow. So they decided to educate the market on PowerPoint because nobody knew what that is. And they decided to win the, the word processor war by basically bundling. And what they did was anchor it with Excel because everybody wanted Excel. Everybody needed Excel. So what they said to you, you can't buy Excel. You have to buy the Office Suite. If you want to get Excel, you have to buy the Office Suite. You couldn't buy Excel on your own. And you got, for the price of Excel, you got the other two. You could still buy Word, by the way, on its, on its own. You could have still, still bought PowerPoint on its own because students like me bought Word. We didn't buy the Office Suite because it mm-hmm. was more expensive. Mm-hmm. But if you wanted Excel, you got it. So the most lucrative part of the product portfolio They bundle it yes. and make you uh, buy, buy the, the rest uh, as well. Make you buy the other shit as well. So that you increase consumption and stickiness with the customer. Yes. That's, that's, think about the strategy. Adoption is the thing that they care most. People start using the product, they yes. stick with them. Yes. So by bundling, by putting together more things, you just make people actually consume you. Yeah. And the other thing that was genius, and this is something we take for granted, was cut and paste. The fact that we none of us remember cut and paste, but cut and paste came from there. There was a guy that was a genius. I forget his name now because I'm old, but he invented something called OLE, which is the, the shared object model between the, the word stuff. So you could take an Excel spreadsheet and embed it in PowerPoint. You could have taken something from an Excel spreadsheet and embed it in, in Word. You could take word tables and just automatically move them into, into Excel. That portability of the object. The interconnectivity. Be, the interconnectivity between these objects. So it wasn't just, hey, I'm sticking you with the bundling, but also there was enough engineering, let's call it mesh and, and common services to make this a success. But that we, was from day one? Or it was day one. So the from o, day one, they uh, had the, the connectivity? O, the, yes. OLE was like the, the first mandate of this. So that makes sense because otherwise it's just a bundle okay. of product. products that don't relate to each other, yes. which happens a lot with companies that acquire a lot of different things. So this is where people convolute the concept of, of enterprise licensing with product suites. Okay, so let's go to that. So before this, by the way, I'll give you another example of a suite that both Microsoft and IBM were pushing. have really changed the way that we thought of things because when they were pushing stuff for developers, and this is another level of suites, so WebSphere 
came with like a whole stack between the application server and the development environment and the database. Everything came in with one nice big installer. So developers could have everything installed on their box because it used to be everybody developed. Now you need to develop in the cloud. Back then, everybody developed on their machine. The fact that you got these competing stacks, this is an important element to other parts of the business because Office is Office and people say, oh, well, it's, it's easy there. But having that stack that Microsoft basically pushed .NET and SQL Server. When SQL Server went into the market, they were like 0%. But because they were so tied to the development environment, they took off and became 30% of the database when Oracle was there. So that kind of, for me at least, if you're looking at enterprise, Office is nice as an example. I think the, the development stack that Microsoft built was a much better example, both in licensing, how they deployed, they deployed everything together, including services around it. Do you have other examples of good that are not Microsoft? Is AWS offering any stack like that? AWS is a good example. By itself, right? Uh, yes. All the services that they, 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 you have portability between yes. them, functionality that moves from one to other. Yes. It, it is built by it, design like that. It's built by design. The pricing, by the way, this is also an important element of this. And this is a great example that Microsoft educated the market and Snowflake perfected the market is understand the consumption model. What is the consumption model? What is the... the that success- you can buy basically vanilla credits... And go buy and and go use them for different use cases for, um, exactly and inside the stack and those are tied to the salespeople's success criteria yes and this so is, they they drive adoption of your stack instead of just selling 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 to new customers exactly exactly so micro so AWS was genius in in the consumption model snowflake is amazing in the consumption model and understanding and the, because the idea of, of that the those companies have amazing growth. NDR and growth, exactly. net dollar retention. They don't churn customers. They grow the current customer base. They, yes. they increase it because it's all about the consumption of different modules within the stack. You can use it for this use case and that use case, and it all is interchangeable. They have the, you buy the yes. coin of goods, the credits, and you just spend it. Yes. Um, and I'll give you an example of a bad use case. So IBM is like a great example of success and failure in the same module because WebSphere was amazing. Mm-hmm. And unless it kind of succeeded with the world of Java, and I think Oracle, when they bought uh, Sun, kind of killed IBM's success there, but they were really on their path. But Tivoli was a disaster. Tivoli was an example of completely detached. Wow, that sounds like IBM. It was basically trying to get an ELA under the the guise of a product suite. And the thing that they failed most miserably around was incentivizing the sellers. So things that have worked very successfully with Salesforce and, and AWS and a lot of the other ones, I think ServiceNow is also amazing in this one, is they incentivize the sellers on the new parts of the bundle in the suite. They make sure that you, it, the success is based on the... Buy, that you go and upsell. And you upsell. And, and, and you the, sell the new components. And you, and you sell the new components. Microsoft did that with Outlook and a few other components. And, and they were very, very good at this, but they've kind of taught the market how to do this. If you don't 
IBM basically stuck a whole bunch of products together that they basically a bunch of acquisitions that were very loosely coupled around a management suite and BMC basically ate their lunch by the way BMC was doing a shitty job as well of that bundling sorry VJ but but at least but at least BMC won on the pricing and won on the integration it wasn't exactly a suite either but this is where you need to understand that an ELA is is not a suite. Okay, so let's talk, talk about, about what ELA, is an ELA. And I think ELA nowadays is really common. So yes. let's talk what yes. it is. How is it different than a suite? Yes. And an ELA is something that you start from where you're successful. So for example... So the acronym first? Enterprise License Agreement. Okay. The most known one is the dreaded E5, the Microsoft E5, because the E5... Basically says, if you buy from Microsoft and you have this from us, you also get credit for running stuff on Azure and you get credit for your security products. And, and this is well tied also with the consumption model, but it says you already spend X amount of dollars with us. So you get for free. Here's the stuff you get for free. Yeah. And it's a super size me kind of. A- exactly. Exactly. It's a super size me. It's things that are not coupled. So if we talk about the Microsoft nice coupling of the OLE. So it's a happy meal. Exactly. You basically. Do you want fries with that? This is a great example is that do you want fries with that? Mm-hmm. And the fries come for free. And the fries come for free. Or do you want to super size me for, and get a whole bunch of dead calories for. For 50 cents. Exactly. And by the way, you can see that I've super sized multiple times. Well, you've been traveling. Yes. Yes, traveling is not good for the, the neither the sitting in uh, corporate meetings exactly so but that's the difference the ELA is an important part and this is where dear startups listen listen up dear startups most of the big evil corporations are very good at adding startups into their ELAs they're very good at this how first you need to go into partnerships agreements and Yeah, okay. Microsoft has their Misa. Cisco has something really cool as well. And I know that a lot of the big startup, big, big companies build an ecosystem. Sometimes it's with companies that the VC arm invested in. Sometimes it's... But uh, it's not easy to be part of not, an ELA. Like, it's, not, it's not like being on the, the storefront, whatever it is that they have, all of them. Yeah, I yeah. mean, some of them... maybe that's that the next one you can be part of the ecosystem be you need to prove that you increase the core metric the consumption metric in mm-hmm. in snowflake they want the consumption metric they need to see that your number of credit goes up if you can help snowflake raise the number of credits and you've proven this successfully in some environments they will happily add you to their ecosystem but that this but I don't think that they have ELAs Well, I don't know about it. I, I need to ask. But I think the bigger companies are very good at this. I, I think early days, a good example for being included in an ELA, when Microsoft Defender didn't have coverage for Linux and Macs, yes. Sentinel-1 was the add-on, and this is how they can market you, and, and until Microsoft developed their own product and didn't need the Sentinel-1, but this is how they got into it. Everyone that was Microsoft TLA and had a certain percentage of the endpoints being non-Windows endpoints, 
they've got to have Sentinel One in- installed. I think that was really a way to push Sentinel One. At least that's like what I heard. If somebody knows differently, I have um, to get comments uh, about that. You can go back to Microsoft. A- Microsoft itself was included in IBM's ELAs. Yeah, yeah, but that's. I mean, let's not. They, uh, we already talked about the old days, so yes. let's let's go into current days. So, but the idea is, if you can, and and there's a lot of good examples of things that are promoted with AWS in their big contracts. If 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 they are missing a feature, they they are very nice being the Borg. So they will push you until they'll build it, and then you're dead to them. Yeah, that that is the the threat. If you are in a category that the big guys developing or buying your competition be the the problem is they're going to eat you alive by offering your competition for free yes so that's but i'll reel us back part in. of the the elas are a big big threat for yes. the innovators the the minute they are out of this innovation cycle yes. and the big guys already acquired similar technology develop it themselves and we've seen it i mean the minute Microsoft came into going after CrowdStrike. Yep. Tough hill. Yes. Yeah. But, it, but in general, the ELA is a very important element of selling. And this is where big companies need to understand. And ELA is primarily a selling construct. It's not a technology construct. If you can do things in the technology, it's nice. But the ELA itself, like Microsoft has like 15 different products that are a bunch of acquisitions from their past, like MCAS, that used to be Adelom, and a few I others say that, that are like duct taped together and thrown into the ELA. ELAs are something to satisfy the CIO, the CFO, the, the procurement. Yes. They are the ones that want to have less providers, less agreements. They want to have one agreement. They don't care that there'll be 20 startups underneath yes. it. But they want to have one agreement with one company, and that's it. Yes. So it's more commercial yes. and not something that the actual users care, care about. about. Users actually sometimes hate it because they're enforced to use bad product because they were bundled together with the, the others. And as we said, in most cases, those things in the stack are not purposely built to work together. They're just... A big Sold umbrella together. bundled to be on the same price list. But it is important to remember that if you try to sell to a big company... They care about procurement. Procurement right now, Make the, the, the creation of a vendor in a big company can take 18 months. Of course. Because you need to get the security certification. And you need to have the contract certification. And then they and you need, need to prove RF- viability. RFPs, RFIs to, to see who your competition is. They cannot just take you. I yeah. mean, it's a hurdle that will make your life miserable, miserable and delay the sale in months. 12 to 18 months Correct. easily. Correct. So if you have a go-to to be in an ELA, that's amazing. Yes. So for example, with Ort, when we got acquired by Cisco, a whole bunch of my friends reached out and said, now that you're Cisco, can I just stick you as in the ELA5, ELA6? Your VPN credits. <laughs> exactly. Your VPN you, you, credits. You your, unused VPN credits Exactly. Exactly. Yes. So basically sneak it into the deal. They didn't even care about paying more money. Oh, they, no. It's, they, 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 they didn't care at all. They already they, spent they didn't ca- millions of dollars. Regardless of that, they didn't care about actually 
giving us 100K more. They were willing to pay us even more than they were willing to pay us regularly just to get this under a single license. The fact that they can reduce the number of licenses, there's a lot of metrics out there today to reduce the number of licenses. Yeah. If you can come in by under that umbrella. We cannot fight the dynamics in the market, uh, startups. Yes. So think about what's your motion with the big guys. Exactly. So very important to know about the ELA and, and what it is not. And when you, if you are one of the big guys, consider to be successful in a suite and to get stickiness, you need to make sure that there's also technology underlines, not just, not basically a Chinese menu. Because eventually... Or some, a duct tape between the exactly. <laughs> items of a Chinese menu. Yes, yes. Spreading uh, the same sauce. Yes. My, my pet peeve, by the way, is SSO. SSO. My, well, of course it is because I come from the identity space. If you can't have a single user today in your cloud platforms, the, the big differentiator is the single user to rule them all. I would say that's a minimal thing, that at least it's with one authentication, you can authenticate for the entire suite of products. Uh, that's I, I the would, minimal, but you're saying that I is not say, even the case. That's not the case. I, I would say... With Google, it's definitely broken, even though they own identity. The, no, Google yeah. Suite. You, yeah, you, good luck. You, with, you. With, their, with their desktop stuff, not, not really. We'll, we'll talk about we, we could, But everybody that works in GCP will tell you that okay, th- there's, a whole, tried there's a whole bunch of broken stuff. Sentinel is kind of broken in, inside Microsoft. There's, AWS d- does it well, and Okta does it well. These are the only two companies I've seen that... Do this really, really, really well. Well, Okta should. Again, uh, <laughs> Fordrock and Ping does do, do don't do it well. <laughs> okay, so so that is. is so it. you're saying big companies can you move your ELAs to be more than just an ELA and move it more towards a suite? Yes, but you need to make sure that you understand what is your anchor product. Don't if if Microsoft would have tried to anchor around Word rather than Excel. I don't know if the, wor- the world would have worked. You, you don't throw things together and hope for the best. And that actually goes to the last thing that we wanted to talk about, which is packaging, of how you deal with the packaging. But make sure that you understand what is your anchor product? What is the product that everybody will want? What is the, your right selling motion? What does your sellers know how to sell? And then add the other things on top of it. And make sure that you have measurements, exact measurements of the increase of consumption of how do you do the attach correctly, how you make sure that they turn on the things correctly. So these are, are the, the, the big questions for the big guys as they move from an ELA in, into a suites motion, is to make sure that the metrics that you're aiming for are the right ones. And that's also true, by the way, when you are a startup that wants to join one of the suites of one of the bigger companies, either through an OEM deal or something like this, make sure that you know how you are attached to the core metrics of success. That's really important. I, 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 I want to tie it to what we just discussed about the sales motion of the big guys. Yes. You need to design from day one how you're going to relate to that. For example, if your product consumes a lot of data, it's great for all the data platforms. That means that you will increase credit consumption of data credit consumption, so you can be bundled, you can be, the sellers will 
want the to line, sell you. They, they want to sell you because uh, they have some customers that are not using the credits. They can bundle, for example, a security product that will consume uh, more data and they'll be rewarded. Everybody yeah. will be happy because also the customer will be happy. They have some unused credit that they can use instead of uh, buying a product with new money. Yes. So that's an important thing to plan, plan your product to fit into the selling motion of the partner, the bigger partner you're going to sell with. Yes. Now, now, here's another metric to understand the difference between the next topic that we're going to discuss about packaging and product suite. Yep. Packaging means that you still serve the same customer base or maybe expanding to the periphery of the customer base. Okay. So you have a core product. Yes. But you add something to yeah, it. Exactly. I'll give you the example. The best example is Excel served the finance people. Mm-hmm. Basically, if you needed to do something with finance, well, anything in finance, if you were a manager, if you did any of these things, you needed to see budgets, inbound, outbound. Or if you were a science person and you needed to do easy desktop level calculations of data, Excel was your friend. And now that the word, word came in, you were able to expand into other people that were using this, this thing in adjacency. So the, the people that write the document, like your admin and things like that, that's you going to an, an adjacent. I think the best example for that will be ServiceNow. Yes. That they started off with a, a core package that was IT ticketing and so on and realized that the core product could be expanded to other use cases yes. using the same technology. They just packaged it a little bit differently and then it's like an HR system or it's, yeah. a, it's different or, or same with Jira, very uh, similar. Yes. You, you can do that. So that's kind of like a packaging. The same product can be packaged differently. And priced and differently. Priced differently and serve a different purpose. Oh, yes. I'll give you an example from my past life in consumer goods. Basically, think about the shampoo market. So shampoo is basically water with a little bit of detergent and some other moisturization ingredients for the hair and different fragrance. Ba- very basic. In PNG, the basic formulation is called the chassis. It's like the basic of what it is, a shampoo. And they managed to create from this basic product hundreds of variants. So you, first you have different packaging in brands. You have Pantene, you have Head & Shoulders, you have Herbal Essence, and they have others. And they have different pricing. Different pricing because it goes into different tiers of customers, and we'll talk tiering in a second. Yes. Uh, and then within Pantene, different smells, fragrances, of course, because people like different things. But the most important thing specifically is the outcome. So you would be surprised, and I'm sorry if I'm telling here like secrets of PNG that I'm not supposed to tell, but like I've been there 10 years ago, it's fine. Straight hair or whatever they called perfect straight hair, has the same formulation. It's exactly the same product as perfect curls. You're telling me that I'm using the wrong shampoo? Yeah, we can see how <laughs> great it's working on you. Um, so it's just, you know, us as consumers, I have straight hair. I'm not going to buy the curly hair shampoo. So I need a package that will tell me 
that's for straight hair. But if I'm, I have curly hair, I want to buy the curly hair shampoo. So it, it brings two things. First, the shelf space you're getting is bigger because now you have more SKUs. You have SKUs. SKUs, yes. We, we used to call it SKUs over there. But that's probably my Israeli. Yeah, it's, it's SKUs right. and PIDs. Cool. So you get more shelf in store because you have more faces, we call it, of different products. So it's basically your advertising in store, same on Amazon, that you get more products over there now that it's in e-commerce and the customer gets the specific thing that he or she wants, which is a perfect straight hair or curls, doesn't yep. matter that both. And they will explain to you that the formula is working the way it works and it's great for both whatever i can talk about it in a different podcast you are not interested in it but that goes into that thing which is tearing the the same product the same base product can solve a lot of different customer needs yes. but you need to package it differently maybe call it a different thing to be able and for sure price it and have potentially a different go-to-market motion. Yes. But that's something to think about. Yes. And mainly, it's, this is where I'm very grateful for you, Tom. You basically told us that you need to price things not based on the cogs. Price them based on the value. Because a lot of time people mistake when they go in with their essential. They cut out things. So they put pricing as like cost plus. Exactly. That's it. And, like and, and, plus, that, and that's a mistake. Cost plus, 20%. That's a mistake because from my my perspective, the, the things that are actually valuable, those are the things that matter to price up. Because sometimes it's, it's a really easy fix and a really easy solution, but it serves a specific population that's willing to pay a lot of money for. And this is something that I, I've seen Okta is very good at this, at basically making sure that the actual things are actually tied to the value of the product. Mm-hmm. The platform is probably the thing that costs them the most, but they will charge you more, not on based on how expensive it is to build it, but a lot more on how much value it brings you. And this is my, another pet peeve of mine. Stop charging us for SSO. HubSpot charges us for SSO, enterprise licensing, GitHub's Miro. All these guys, by the way, it's not Miro, it's Miro, named after the artist, Juan Miro. All these guys charge us for SSO, uh, an SSO tax. Stop charging SSO tax. Even the tiniest businesses need, need, SSO, it. need it. You can charge for SSO. Just don't let us buy yes. an enterprise license, license for yeah. that. Yes. That's, the, the that, most... That, that's the most annoying thing ever. But this is a good example of tiering. And I think the people that do tiering the best, from my perspective, are GitHub. GitHub does their tiering in an amazing way. Because they understand that smaller teams, smaller companies need the collaboration tools. The thing that probably costs them the most is the core platform. And they give you inside the, the – but it's still the same product. This is where it's different than a suite. It's still the same product and not adjacent products. It's one product to rule them all and you get – and you unlock features, feature by feature by feature based on how much you need to consume, and they align to different consumption models, the different tiers. So this is a good example of a product that has many versions. And 
and a lot of times our security products, what they try to do is say, you know what, let's bundle these detection suites or these integrations because these are the things that cost us money with this tier. That is wrong because in a lot of times those are the things that actually give you value. You want to give – And then you piss off your customer then you piss off your customers because you he need, really they, needs it and you're like you're screwing you're screwing like, you're, you're, you're I'm, I'm buying your product exactly so you need to give them in what is essential give them the essential and even in the cloud-based world if you can find a way to charge based on consumption it can it can help you eliminate the need for tears and Because as long as you're aligned to your consumption models, maybe tiers are not the right thing for you to do. But more of the, as you said, the packaging. Same product delivers multiple values. So there's JIRA for detection, JIRA for trouble ticketing, JIRA for construction, but it's the same JIRA with additional packages for value of a specific use case. These are good examples of the tiering. With GitHub, it's a good example of things you need to do When you're building stuff with a thousand developer organization which are very different because there's compliance and uh, metrics and blah 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 that you don't actually need on a team's level of business we're very close to conclusion yeah I, I, I want to hear play the devil's advocates we have a lot of those that are now working on early stage startups and they're like we'll solve it when we get there no we, no no no, just no working on now like what do you say to them so this the selling motion is Is probably the most important thing you need to spend time on and it needs to be architected into how you architect your product when we built ort we built it to be an integration top of stack solution from day one and the team was religious on cogs because we said we want to be able to sell at least in the initial motion with few dollars per user per month and that allowed us to have a very efficient cogs to be able to sell to somebody that have has 300 employees 400 employees 600 employees because we wanted to have a PLG motion this was a very this is critical I think if you are now working on a project how low can you get your cogs the freedom it will give you to go down and up market that the freedom it will give you to bundle to play to go through resellers to play with your margins this is a huge 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 differentiator yeah. that if you don't play it from day one so hard to go back and rearchitect yes. everybody is like yeah we'll care about that we'll go and rearchitect we'll make it more efficient later on and Oh, no, 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 that will be broken by then. And, and, and the time to market is gone. So I think startups that starts now need to have COGS mentality and in pricing mind. models and pricing models because pricing models is something that you can play around with, but you can't change dramatically. And there's a lot of constraints that if you don't know how to deal with the tierings effectively, the the cost, Remember we tell we said about the procurement team they'll ask why is this price going up by more than 30 percent where we are willing to do a true up like you have yes. but we're not willing to give you a lot more unless there's additional problems additional functionality addition so these things are important to be built into the model from the day one when you build the product and same goes to towards architecting towards being part of a suite 
making sure that you work well in the ecosystem. So for us, from day one, we said that we assume that there is a top-of-stack SSO, and everybody wants to align to the same identity. It's kind of where our goal is. And, to, and because we are helping the, the organization to move to that, we cannot be our, a hindrance ourselves. Mm-hmm. So if you're a security company, you can't introduce security vulnerabilities and say, hey, I, I, I'm protecting you, but be aware that I, I'm, I'm going to be the number one problem. They wouldn't say it, but that's the reality. Yes. Well, with that, I think we can conclude for today. I hope it was helpful yes. and, and insightful. And, and for Aaron, notice that I changed direction. Now you can see my face. Aaron was really concerned that I'm hiding behind the microphone. You said that you like hiding behind I, the I microphone. Do, I do like hiding behind the microphone. Well, But I need everyone. to cater to the crowd. <laughs> well, thanks, everyone. That has been another episode of uh, the Didi and Lital Show. We are weekly here. Please rate, review us, and share with your friends. If you'd like to join the show, please uh, reach out to Didi or Lital on LinkedIn. Thank you. Have Thank a you. great week.